Welcome to Double Truck Stories, the home to some of the best features, investigations, and character portraits from across ESPN. I'm Mike Philbrick, your host for the Double Truck Stories podcast. Remember to subscribe to Double Truck Stories podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. In today's streaming society, the competition is fierce, but the benefits of being on top include life-changing seven-figure paydays. Just ask Tyler Blevins, a.k.a. Ninja, the living legend and streamer of the uber-popular game Fortnite. But what happens when the only way to stay on top is to never, ever turn off the camera? Stick around after the story for my conversation with ESPN editor Elaine Tang as we talk about how the life of a 21st century celebrity means being opened 24-7. Now we present Living the Stream by Elaine Tang. On a sweltering afternoon in Chicago, with the bass from the closest stage at Lollapalooza booming in the background, a dozen kids cluster at a tent to watch a pale, gangly young man with neon pink hair play a video game. It's Ninja! It's Ninja! He plays Fortnite! I wonder what kind of car he drives. It's either a Prius or a Ferrari. I play Fortnite every day, Mom. It's my dream to play Fortnite. Tyler Ninja Blevins, the object of their adoration, is tired. It's about 1.30, later in the day than he usually starts streaming. I just want to chill. Even when we're out and about at night, it's just so much, he says, before turning on the camera to broadcast himself to millions. Throughout the day, Ninja, 27, talks about wanting to watch rapper Logic perform that night from a room with no mics and no cameras. Hot and exhausted as he is, he takes pictures with every single kid who shows up after each game, bending his stringy frame so that his face is level with theirs. Some kids are too shy to ask for a photo, staring at him in awe. When that happens, he leans over and says, Hey, buddy, I'd like to take my picture with you. Is that cool? Benny, the Chicago Bulls mascot, drops into play and gives him a jersey. Lollapalooza founder and Jane's Addiction frontman Perry Farrell stops by too, his 13-year-old son in tow. Ninja doesn't go to the bathroom all afternoon. He eats very little. Every so often, he turns to smile at his wife, Jess, sitting patiently behind him, and at one point, Mouse, I love you. Jess, whom at least one kid calls Mrs. Ninja, brings him fries, makes sure he has enough water, and acts as a first line of defense against the adoring crowds. No, Ninja will not play squads with them. Yes, he will sign that $2 bill, but only after he finishes the game. Five hours later, Ninja turns off the stream and collapses in his chair his tongue lolling out of his mouth. His respite is brief. More kids have appeared. For Tyler Blevins, it is the summer of more. More people, more events, more fame. It's June, and he is in Los Angeles for the biggest tournament of his life, the Fortnite Celebrity Pro-Am, where 50 gamers will be paired with 50 celebrities to duke it out for $3 million in charity prize money. He'll team up with music producer Marshmello against NBA stars Paul George and Andre Drummond, and actor Joel McHale. In his room at the Beverly Hills Four Seasons, already dressed in jeans and a purple jersey featuring his logo of a masked warrior, he lets his signature shock of dyed hair, blue today, dry before styling it. All the while, he's trying not to get irritated at the things first-class accommodations cannot accommodate. I lost 15,000 subs yesterday, he says. Even though he's headlining today's celebrity event, because he's not live-streaming on Twitch, he's losing subscribers, 40,000 of them, to be exact, by the end of the two days he'll spend in L.A. And that means he could lose money in the hundreds of thousands. If you haven't heard of Ninja, ask the nearest 12-year-old. 
He shot to fame in March after he and Drake played Fortnite, the video game phenomenon in which 100 players are dropped onto an island and battle to be the last one standing while building forts that are used to both attack and hide from opponents. At its peak, Ninja and Drake's game, which also featured rapper Travis Scott and Pittsburgh Steelers receiver Juju Smith-Schuster, pulled in 630,000 concurrent viewers on Twitch, Amazon's live streaming platform, shattering the previous record of 388,000. Since then, Ninja has achieved what no other gamer has before, mainstream fame. With 11 million Twitch followers and climbing, he commands an audience few can dream of. In April, he logged the most social media interactions in the entire sports world, beating out the likes of Cristiano Ronaldo, Shaquille O'Neal, and Neymar. Every day, people tune in by the hundreds of thousands to watch him play, and he's making bank doing it. The most commonly reported figure is $500,000 a month. Blevins suggests the number is closer to seven figures. Twitch, which now boasts 2.2 million streamers around the world, gives its content creators three ways of generating revenue. Like traditional TV, there are ads, and streamers make money based on how many people watch those ads. Like Netflix, there are also subscriptions, though you don't have to subscribe to watch. And finally, like street busking, there are donations. The largest donation Blevins can remember receiving is $40,000. Off subscriptions alone, Blevins makes an estimated $300,000 a month. That's not factoring in his sponsorships, which include Samsung, Red Bull, and Uber Eats, or the revenue from YouTube, Instagram, and other sites. Blevins compares himself to the owner of a small business, and the only product is Ninja. He weighs every decision to leave his computer, to travel to a celebrity-heavy event like the Pro-Am in Los Angeles, or even to visit family, against the financial repercussions. When we decide whether I'm going to an event, the pay has to be there, he says. If it's not paid, how much clout are you going to get? Are you going to be networking? Is that networking worth $70,000? At the same time, there's the constant threat of fading popularity. The more breaks streamers take, he says, the less they stream, the less they're relevant. Once inside LAFC's sparkling downtown stadium, where the 100 competitors sit in neat rows dwarfed by a giant screen, things initially don't go Ninja's way. He dies early in the warm-up round, to the disbelief of the sold-out crowd of teens, 20-somethings, and parents. When competitive play begins, their faith is restored. Ninja eliminates fellow streamer Jack Courage Dunlop to win the tournament. Ninja jumps out of his chair and swings his outstretched arms back and forth in the goofy pon-pon dance he does almost daily on his stream. It's like his version of the dab. He bounces towards Marshmallow with a huge grin on his face and engulfs him in a hug before the two pose for photos with their golden pickaxe trophies. Ninja swings his at the ground like he's digging for gold. Despite his success as one of the top Fortnite players in the world, he was second in all-time wins as of September 12th, Ninja is constantly worried that he's peaked. The stress gnaws at him. When I'm not streaming, I have time to reflect on all the growth, and I don't like that. I'd rather just be home playing, he says. I'm like, I haven't played a celebrity in a while. I haven't done something big in a while. Is it because I'm slowing down? When I'm home, there's no time to think about that. Home is a gated community about an hour outside Chicago. The Blevinses moved to the area in May to escape the people showing up daily at their previous house in suburban Chicago seeking selfies. Now, in a neighborhood where several Bears players live, they still get some unsolicited visitors, kids who leave letters in the mailbox and fans who just come to ogle. When I pull up to the security booth, I ask the 30-something guard if he knows who Tyler Blevins is. 
He points at his laptop. He's watching Ninja's stream. Jess greets today's guests, TV producers, photographers, and me, among others, at the door of their million-dollar home with the couple's Yorkshire Terriers, Chance and Navi. Yes, like an avatar. As she shows us around, we hear a primal victory scream from downstairs, and a few of us glance around in confusion. Jess hardly blinks. Tyler can't join us until he wraps up his six-hour stream. In the basement, past a well-stocked bar, a pool table, and a dartboard, next to a foosball table, he sits on this sunny August day in a t-shirt and plaid pajama pants at the most famous space in their house, his gaming setup. It doesn't look like much. A couple of screens, a fridge full of Red Bull, a mess of wires. But from this modest corner, he makes millions by captivating millions. Unlike tournaments, where gamers vie for wins and prize pools, streaming is as much about entertainment as it is about victory. Streamers like Ninja transform their lives into content, broadcasting their thoughts and doings in real time. Watch a streamer long enough and he feels like your friend. During one recent stream, Ninja coos at one of his dogs in a high-pitched baby voice in between games. Oh, hi, my little ladybug. I love that you can come see me anytime because we don't have doors in the basement. In a clip from early September, which garnered 5.2 million Instagram views in two days, Ninja launches himself off a ramp to take on a squad of three. Equipped with a single-shot hunting rifle, he knocks down one person at close range from midair without aiming down the sights. A highly unlikely move. He screams in delight before getting a routine second kill, then decides to try the crazy move again, flying through the air, sniping the last guy in the same fashion with the same weapon. That's like making back-to-back full-court baskets. In less than 20 seconds, he takes out an entire squad on his own, all while maneuvering his character and building ramps and cover. He can't believe it either and jumps up from his chair screaming. He thinks of things other people don't, says Jacob Hysteria Riser, a Fortnite streamer who was teammates with Ninja when the two played competitive Halo. He always goes for the flashy plays, and he pulls them off more than anyone. Earlier this year, when his fame was still fresh, Blevins was excited to talk to me about his new experiences. The coolest perk of being rich and famous was being able to fly first class everywhere, he said, and the first time he and Jess were mobbed by fans was at the movies a week after the Drake stream. A few months later, he tells me that he and Jess can hardly go out. Going to the mall, out to eat, to the movies, those were our favorite things to do, says Jess, 26. Now if we go out, it's just a nonstop picture fest. We don't have that much time together, so we're not out very much. About two hours after our arrival at his home, Tyler emerges from the basement in his pajamas. He snuggles Chance and looks to Jess, who is also his manager, for his marching orders. She tells him to change and get his hair done for the photo shoot, and that tomorrow he needs to clean the basement, which is littered with the detritus of having his old Halo pals over to game. We're interrupting Jess and Tyler's daily routine. They typically spend half an hour together in the morning, then he streams, usually for about six hours while she takes business calls. They take a break around 4 p.m. before he gets back on the stream around 8 p.m. for another six hours. He goes offline one day a week, which they call a date day, though recently they've been skipping it because he's been so busy. Tyler and Jess first met at a Halo tournament in December 2010. She didn't know much about gaming, but she did wonder whether she should ask him for a selfie in case he became famous one day. Years later, she messaged him through Twitter, but thought he'd never reply because he had a whopping 1,000 followers. I thought that was so many at the time, she says, laughing. 
He now has three point two nine million. The couple got married last August and went on a six-day honeymoon in the Caribbean. Ninja left a message for his viewers explaining that he'd be gone and queued up videos so they'd have fresh content during his absence. It was his only vacation in eight years. In college, Jess started streaming to better understand why Tyler would go hours without replying to her texts. A day in, she realized how consuming it was. It's physically exhausting, but also mentally because you're sitting there constantly interacting. Tyler says, "I'm engaging a lot more senses than if I were just gaming by myself. We're not sitting there doing nothing. I don't think anyone gets that." He doesn't prepare jokes or lines to use in his streams. But he has absorbed so much from movies and TV and song lyrics that they float off his tongue. Rick and Morty and SpongeBob are favorite sources for material. But his improvisational style has led him astray. In March, he dropped the N word while rapping on a stream. He apologized the next day and later announced he would stop swearing. Ninja also has a knack for impersonating the more well-known gamers he teams up with on a stream. As a kid, he'd leave a movie theater reciting lines word for word in the actors' voices. He was so good at it, his parents tried to put him in theater. After telling me his favorite film is Interstellar, he drops a killer Matthew McConaughey impression. The couple are aware of the pitfalls of working together, and Jess often has to make clear whether she's talking to Tyler as his wife or as his manager. When she herself is conflicted, they seek advice from his support team, which includes an agent, managers from Red Bull, and Jess's mother. When I ask Jess for an example of a time they needed counsel, she says. Any of the controversial stuff. The most contentious statement he's made to date came in August when he told a Polygon reporter, "I don't play with female gamers." His reasoning: teaming up with women on stream might spark internet speculation, and he wants to protect his marriage. To some, his instinct was rather romantic, even noble. The internet is often a toxic place where anonymity frees people to unleash their worst selves. When Tyler was still living with his parents. They once had their house surrounded by police, guns drawn, due to a swatting call. But that toxicity is especially fierce against women, and esports is notoriously male-dominated. There is only one woman, South Korean Overwatch pro Giguri, playing on the biggest stages. Support from a man with Ninja's influence, especially among children, would go a long way toward overcoming barriers. When asked about the controversy now, Tyler talks even faster than he usually does and gets a little heated. He says he misspoke in that interview, but reiterated his position. This is my spouse. This is the person I vowed to spend the rest of my life with. He says, "The fact that anyone feels they can judge how I'm protecting my relationship and try to make it political, really?" He says repeatedly he doesn't have a problem with women, only with trolls. The one-on-one stream, especially where two people game and talk for hours at a time, is very intimate in a way, and he would rather avoid doing that with a woman who isn't his wife. He does have plans to collaborate with popular women Instagrammers, and says women gamers are always welcome to play with him in a group or at events. That way, he can control the narrative more without stupid drama and rumors flooding into our lives. For her part, Jess says that Tyler can stream with whomever he wants, and that she had no part in that decision. But she adds that rumors start about her all the time. My Instagram is flooded with ridiculous comments. I post a picture with our best friend or brother-in-law, and it's like she cheated on you. Whenever he has a free moment in the day, Tyler lies down on the couch next to Jess and the dogs. They complete each other's stories when together, and when they're apart, they tell a lot of the same ones. Tyler says the only time he doesn't feel like streaming is when Jess isn't home. I don't know what I'm streaming for, he says. 
I just want to lie there and do nothing and wait for her to come back. Their house is close to where Tyler grew up and not far from his two older brothers, Jonathan and Chris. The Blevins family moved to Illinois from Detroit when Tyler, whom the family calls Ty, was just a year old. He hasn't forgotten his roots. A dedicated Lions fan, he watches Barry Sanders' highlights to pump himself up. Growing up, their dad Chuck was the gamer, playing on the Sega after his sons went to bed. The boys played too, though their mom, Cynthia, established some strict rules. They had to keep their grades up, get a job once they were old enough, and as Tyler remembers, spend an hour outside for every hour they gamed. Tyler, who played soccer through high school, was the best at every video game he tried, to the point where Jonathan would punch him in the arm to try to stop him. He would drop his controller, then he'd still win, his brother remembers. Tyler started calling himself Ninja after an old Halo move. He persuaded his parents to let him go to his first gaming tournament in Columbus, Ohio, when he was 17 on the condition that his dad go with him. He and a rotating cast of teammates played and lived out of his parents' basement, to the point where Chuck and Cynthia started asking some of the guys to leave. He went pro in Halo and started streaming in his sophomore year of college in 2011 after a year at Silver Lake College, a Catholic liberal arts school in Wisconsin. When he started making what he calls a comfortable living off streaming, he quit his job at Noodles & Company and dropped out of the community college he transferred to. When I asked what it took for him to feel comfortable, he estimates $80,000 to $90,000 a year. Blevins says he didn't know what streaming would become when he first started doing it, but he always had a knack for the next big thing. He got into both streaming and esports when Twitch was still called Justin TV and tournaments were makeshift low-budget events. He has the ability to see what he wants and not see the distractions, Cynthia says. There's something inside him that allows him to see success beyond what the normal person might see because he wants it. That same savvy and willingness to take risks led him to see Fortnite's potential before anyone else. While all the big streamers were still playing Player Unknown's Battlegrounds, Tyler noticed that the fans in his Twitch chat were talking about a new Battle Royale version of Fortnite that launched in September 2017. Sensing an opportunity, he switched to Fortnite last fall. He didn't realize the magnitude of what he'd done, he says. I don't think anyone thought it was possible to get this big through live streaming. Back at Ninja's house, we've moved to what he likes to call the Four Seasons Room, a beautiful space fit for an afternoon tea party, with patio furniture and expansive windows looking out onto leafy trees and a manicured green. Just questions, right? Blevins asks me. As long as there's no video so I can just chill. He slumps on the couch, wrapping his long arms around himself. He closes his eyes to take in the glow of the sun, looking so peaceful that I hesitate to break the silence. He's always on the lookout for the next big thing. He is so closely tied to Fortnite, it's hard to imagine his popularity surviving the jump, but he says he won't let that stop him. He's been so good for so long that he's confident he can master whatever comes next, too. I can 100% compete at the top level in every game that I play, he says. There will always be another game, if not better than simply newer. In fact, Ninja started streaming the beta version of Call of Duty's new Battle Royale, Blackout, on Friday to peak of 271,000 viewers and announced on Saturday that he will be headlining a tournament for the new game at Twitch's annual streaming convention in late October. How does he stay so good? Pro tip, don't just play, practice. Ninja competes in about 50 games a day and he analyzes each and every one. He never gets tired of it and every loss hits him hard. 
Hyper competitive, he makes sure he walks away with at least one win each day. He averages about 15 and once got 29 in a single day. When I die, I get so upset, he says. You can play every single day. You're not practicing. You die, and oh well, you go on to the next game. When you're practicing, you're taking every single match seriously, so you don't have an excuse when you die. You're like, I should have rotated here, I should have pushed there, I should have backed off. A lot of people don't do that. Still, audiences are fickle, so Ninja won't give them an excuse to stop watching him. Despite his new wealth and fame and the demands on his time from sponsors, events, and other deals— including an official Team Ninja merchandise store launching in mid-September, he does his best to feed the beast. So many people get content. So many people stop when they're at the top, he says, his voice growing fierce again. They'll let someone take their place because they're relaxing. That's not going to happen. But what would he do if he could take a week off? No lost subscribers, no repercussions. What wouldn't we do, he says with a sigh. The first day, we'd do nothing. Just eat a bunch of junk food, watch TV, go to a movie, eat a bunch of popcorn and candy. The second day, we'd travel somewhere, anywhere. I heard Jamaica is wonderful. We would just sit there and drink pina coladas on the beach. Will he ever be able to do it? Surely none of this is worth it if he can't enjoy it. I'd be an idiot to do that now, he says flatly. Jess says Tyler doesn't like talking about five-year plans or what the future holds, but when pushed to say how long he'll keep going, he answers, Until my family is taken care of. Say this ends tomorrow. We don't have enough for the rest of our lives. I tell Jess, Honey, we're not going to have that much quality time this year or even next year. But if we do this right and I continue to grind for a couple more years, we can set ourselves up and our family and our family's family for the rest of our lives. On the third night of Lollapalooza, after days of streaming and being mobbed by fans, Ninja decides to go undercover at night. He dons Jess's large Louis Vuitton sunglasses, flattens his pink hair under a bull's hat, and walks through the crowds around Michigan Avenue undetected. Just another face in the festive streets. It's working, it's working, he says gleefully. They walk into the hotel, and there it is, the first cry of recognition. Ninja! Jess and his crew beg for quiet. They're just trying to go to bed, but it doesn't work. The crowd, young, drunk, and sunburned, takes notice. A hundred phones lift in the air, the cries of ninja, 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 reverberating through the marble lobby. I'd left ninja hours earlier. He wanted some privacy to enjoy Logic's show. But I didn't need to be there to witness this scene. I saw what happened alongside the rest of the world that night in a video he posted on social media with the caption, trying to sneak out of Lollapalooza day three. Mission failed. Even as he's taking time off, he keeps the camera on. Content is everything. Joining me now is ESPN editor Elaine Tang. Elaine, thank you so much for your time. Thanks for having me. So this was very well reported, an excellent story. And the first question I'd have for you is, while there are so many other games and gamers out there and there's like the whole lucrative esports, what is the appeal that you found of Ninja? Like what makes him so attractive to this community? Um, well, for us, from a reporting standpoint, we've been looking for a transcendent star in esports ever since we started covering it a few years ago. And Ninja is it. You know, he's broken barriers. I say in the story that he's become the first mainstream gaming athlete, gamer, whatever you want to call him, mm-hmm. uh, 
that we've ever had. And I think that's partly because of the popularity of the game. You know, Fortnite has really taken 2018 by storm in a way that every other video game envies. Um, kids love it. Adults love it. Parents play it with their children. Um, and he saw it early. You know, he saw the potential and the popularity this game would have. And he jumped in and kind of made this space his own. Um, so there's a, a factor of just being the first guy in the in the race. Um, but there's also the fact that he's very entertaining. He's very dynamic and he's just so good at it. You know, I don't play video games, yeah. but even watching him is just incredible. You know, people say all the time to me, like, well, I could play video games like they're not athletes. They're n- it's not a sport. And I'm like, yeah, you can play basketball, too, but you can't play basketball the way LeBron James can. And that's why you watch the NBA. And that's the same thing here for Ninja. You can play Fortnite, but you can't play Fortnite like him. And so you were talking about the way that he makes money and there's like subscriptions, advertisement. And then what I found was so interesting is you said there's just like donations like someone would get if they were playing their guitar. In the street. Mm-hmm. And one of them he got was $40,000. Yeah. He said that he got that like many years ago before he got super big from – because he's been doing this for eight years with mm-hmm. various games, which I think is something that we forget because to us he's such a kind of new celebrity. Right. Um, but yeah, people can show their appreciation on Twitch for their favorite gamers and you can donate $1 and you can donate $40,000 and that's just how, how it works. But the interesting thing is someone giving $40,000 is there's nothing, it's not like, like a GoFundMe thing where it's like, if you do this, you can like have a cameo in the movie. It's right. like, no, for $40,000, I will do this again tomorrow. If you don't give me $40,000, I will still do this again Right. Tomorrow. It's like I still – but I mean I guess the point is that they – he, th- this person just loved his stream, right, and wanted to show his appreciation. But I think that you bring up an interesting point in that way. Um, Jess, his wife, actually talked about this um, to me separately um, where she also streams and mm-hmm. it's often a complicated dynamic in that way because if somebody gives you money to do something specifically, mm-hmm. that changes the whole dynamic, right? Like then you're kind of beholden as the streamer sure. to that person and mm-hmm. that can be a very discomforting thing, especially for women streamers. Mm-hmm. So it's a yeah. it's a fine line. And so – but also being beholden as you just said, part of what he does is like he has what is like Uber Eats and Red Bull and there's a – if you see the story in the in the magazine or online, you'll see like the big Red Bull fridge next to his mm-hmm, setup. Yeah. Now, is part of what is he beholden to like mention them in any way, or is it just like do you know how those like work with a streamer, a sponsorship? Um, well, he just did a Samsung commercial that dropped yesterday with Travis Scott, so you can check that out. Um, and I think he has to he has all Samsung phones now, so no more iPhones. Um, and yeah, like Red Bull, he wears a lot, you know, he has a Red Bull headband a lot of the times because a headband is his signature and he has that Red Bull fridge in his stream. Um, so I'm, I'm sure that I don't know the specifics of his contract deals with them, but you can see that, you know, they they are using him. <laughs> but yeah, but, it goes, but to your point a little bit a couple of seconds ago, it doesn't get involved in like when he, you know, you talk about how he mentions you know, different shows and movies. Like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't affect anything like that. It's just no. sort of present, but not in his. Yeah. I mean, he talks about like, he'll talk about like his, his sponsorships and stuff, but I don't think they, he doesn't do commercials within his right. streams. And it seems like though, with all these subscribers he has, that it's um, like sort of a symbiotic relationship at, as a, uh, you know, a subscriber to his climb. So does his enthusiasm in a way to the point that it's, it's like something 
some sort of th- he can't quit. Like where you mentioned at one point in the story, he says, "Hey, I lost fifteen thousand subs yesterday." Mm-hmm. Now, and so every decision that he has to make is sort of it's like the scale in his head that he, mm-hmm. he and his wife work out. Yeah, like is it worth not sitting here streaming to yeah. do what you're asking me to do? Mm-hmm. Like how much? With these opportunities coming in, like how much is that like weighed on a daily basis? Like from what you were able to watch, yeah, I think they like he says, like he takes that very seriously. Like when we went to go see him at his hotel in L.A., that was one of the first things he said to us. Like I didn't even have to ask him, like how are you feeling? He was just like, I lost fifteen thousand subs today. Like I don't get to put it on my stream, so it you can tell that it weighs very heavily on him, and it's very much at the forefront of his thought process every single day. Um, I don't know what he's turned down. I'm sure he's turned down a lot of opportunities for media, for promotion. Um, you know, I'm sure everybody kind of wants a piece of Ninja. Right. Uh, and so I think that is something that they have to weigh is like, how does he want it? I mean, like every athlete, right? Like, how do you want to shape your image? Mm-hmm. What is worth it? What sponsors do you want to represent? And so, but also like you depict this, you know, the scene of like the bar, the pool table, the dartboard, the foosball table. Yeah. That sounds like like a fantastic basement. Yeah. But also from when you describe what he needs to do on a daily basis, it also, you know, and it it sounds like maybe it's just out of reach. Like right. it's right here, but I can't get up from this seat right. to go enjoy it yeah. in order to maintain having all that. Right. Exactly. I mean, I think it's a trade-off, right? I mean, if you could make a million dollars a month to – basically not have a life, what would you do, right? Mm -hmm. But for like a finite amount of time, because I think he and everybody understands that this will not last forever. Mm -hmm. And he, I mean, as much as he'll say, like, I can go, I can play any game. I can move on from Fortnite if I have to. It's still, his rise has been so incredible that like it's, he's always looking out for when it's peaked, right? Or when the tide is going to turn against him. And so I think, I mean, it, it depends on the person, right? Like, you know, if you th- are like, I do not want to do that. I want to be able to go out to the bar, go to the movies whenever I want, like do whatever I want. But then there's the money, right? It's like a million dollars a month is nothing to be scoffed at. Right. So. Including, as you say, with these small windows, it's almost in a way when people who are making, you know, they have like a, like a, a comfortable five-figure salary and mm-hmm. they look at an athlete they're like oh what are you doing and they don't realize with this window that ninja may be making this money for the next two years and maybe never reach that again because mm-hmm. if you think if you look at the history of all like these streaming like minecraft and pokemon go were in the news constantly right and then they were never then they were right mm-hmm. so the point is that like he's sort of seems to be very self-aware that there is a window here yeah I mean, I think that's one of the things that's really incredible about covering this whole industry is that games come and go so quickly and esports rise and fall and athletes come and go as well very quickly. And, you know, LeBron James doesn't get up in the morning worrying that the game of basketball is going to go away or that right. the NBA is going to go away. Um, whereas these guys do very much think about that. And the, they're always worried that perhaps their time is over. Right. Yeah. So – when you talk about the story, like one of the crazy moves that, like that would all end up mm-hmm. about he pulled a move that, you know, if you do play any video games like like, like shooting from the hip or like not yeah. looking down the sights, that's really hard Yeah, as <laughs> someone who plays these things. Um, does he do that because he knows he's that good or do you think it's because maybe he does it so much like he's a little bored? I think it's a showmanship value. I mean he understands that uh, people come to watch him – 
because he's really good and because it's entertaining and he plays aggressively and take takes risks that nobody else will. And so he'll seek out the really hard moves and like do crazily risky things. And sometimes he doesn't pull it off and then like he'll just move on to the next game. Well, as you as I say in the story, he he thinks about it a lot and dissects what he could have done better. So he doesn't just really move on. But uh, but he does it, I think, for because that's his brand. Like it's his it's aggressive play. It's risky play. And that's why people love him. And he knows that. Yeah. And he knows. And as you say, the the streaming community is very fickle mm-hmm. and finicky where it's almost where, as you mentioned, you tell the stories about how uh, like his brothers would like knock the controller out of yeah. his hand. He'd grab it with one hand. He'd still he'd still beat them. Right. Like he was. And as he says, I believe I can 100 yeah. percent. I can play the top level of every game. But that's almost in a way. It's almost like someone who's really good at stocks. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm really good at trading stocks, but I'm nervous as heck that the next stock got – what if I pick the next one right. and it's not the winner? Right. And so like the stress, like the, the possibility peaking, it seems to be already weighing on him while he has to be like this cool customer. Yeah. It seems that that is in the background like always percolating. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But his – um. His manager and wife, Jess, like she's the gatekeeper. And how much of what you witness, like with the producer, like everything, how much is that like a daily thing? And like how much do like how much of the chaos is constant that she has to control? Um, I mean, they're very busy. Uh, so when I saw them on the road, you know, I spent the day with them at Lollapalooza and she basically, he was at a table streaming and she and I sat basically behind him mm-hmm. and there was just a constant circus of people coming and going, people calling his name, kids who wanted autographs. And yeah, and like, because she was just sitting there, I think a lot of people just said that like they asked her all sorts of ridiculous questions <laughs> like where do you get his shoes and like how does he do his hair or like did he eat you know like just like b- constantly bombarding her with these questions and some of them and they're very gracious they're very very generous with their time uh you know he gets up to to talk to every kid like he makes a point to do that and she too i think she very much presents as someone who's very used to kind of fielding all of these inquiries and, and talking to people was what I think is so – it seems that it's sort of – well, it's such a modern technology thing. It almost seems like his business model is in a way of like someone who in the 1970s who was a good electrician. <laughs> like I know I need to be – I need to like do a good job with you uh-huh. because if you go tell five people that I'm not good, yeah, that's like – for example, commenting negatively like I met Ninja and he was a jerk right. is, is so toxic in that environment. Right. Well, I mean, people will say terrible things about him no matter what. I mean, sure. that's just the internet. Like, but you can't, but yeah. you got to risk keeping that as low as you can. Right, exactly. I mean, like, and I also, I mean, partly it's calculated, but I also think he might just be a nice guy too. Yeah. <laughs> Are you talking about like his parents looking at theater, his impressions, mm-hmm. is, is maybe even if he can't, can keep picking the next great games, mm-hmm. even when like you can keep, like they talk about in some sports where there's like, the like when Michael Jordan was great and sometimes he didn't win MVP and analysts would say, well, that was voter fatigue. They're like, we're going to vote for this guy every year. Right. Like we're bored. So it it could be to a place you could see him getting to a place where even though I keep picking the right game, like people are just kind of yeah. in this very fickle community mm-hmm. are getting kind of sick of hearing from me. So is there like Hollywood in his future? Like, is that his next, he says his next something big, like could that be in his future? Like, does he want to jump out from behind the camera in front of the computer and the, the camera, not just in commercials, yeah. but 
more become more mainstream? I don't know. I wish I knew. Uh, certainly, I think that's probably like you know they they are always thinking about that, and mm-hmm. like they their ultimate goal, I think, is to make him such a big household name that he doesn't have to grind every day sure. anymore. That like you know the fit once you create this kind of machine, it'll just be self sustaining, and people will ask you to do appearances, people will ask yeah. you to be in things. Um, I don't know specifically what they're planning, but yeah, but he also loves streaming. I think yeah. there is a point where he, I think he would probably miss it if he didn't do it at all. I mean, any job where you're wearing flannel pants is pretty fantastic. Yeah, right. Exactly. He wears his PJs all day, so it's great. Yeah. And it's, um, but I, I mean, I get, you know, as, as we were talking earlier before we came in here, how, yes, he's in his twenties, which is a time that we all know your metabolism just hugs you and loves <laughs> you. But, even that, like, how does he get, like, how does he have the energy, like, how does he get any exercise at all if he's, like, streaming in these huge chunks of time? Yeah. And the other chunks of time are a little bit of sleep, a yeah. little bit of time with his wife. Like, even when I was in my 20s, if I chose that <laughs> path, I would be very exhausted and 350 pounds. Right. <laughs> well, he's not 350 pounds. No, he looks fantastic. He's, yeah, he's very, very thin and very tall. Um, I, I think he's, partly just lucky and probably has good genes. I don't think he has very much time to exercise if at all. Um, and yeah, and I'm actually fascinated as, as an esports editor, uh, about the kind of long-term repercussions of that lifestyle, not just yeah. for Ninja in general. Like I think maybe in 10, 15 years we'll be doing stories about back problems and wrist problems and yeah. aging in esports. I'm, I'm serious. Like I really do think so. They spend so much time hunched over a computer and, you know, like I spend eight hours a day at my desk and I'm like trying not to sit too much and I'm trying to make sure I have the right posture. Like imagine doing that for so much longer and looking at a computer screen. Yeah. it's. I mean, yeah. I, I was actually reading how they're talking about, like to your point about some of these future problems, some of them are, it's an eyesight. Like they need to start getting yeah. like, corrective lenses to like filter out blue light. Yeah, I bet. Yeah. But, it's it mentioned this a little bit in the story. If he does get I mean he feels like almost it seems that Ninja feels not just a burden to do what he's doing, but a burden to have the ability what that he brings to the table to provide to those around him. Mm-hmm. And if he gets to the point where he wants to be financially, like do you think he we'd be willing to walk away from it? That's a good question. Um I mean, I think he'll always be in the video game esports scene somehow. I mean, sure. that's where he came from, and it's an incredible that industry grows at a remarkable rate. Right. Um, I don't know if he will be streaming as much as he is now, or if he's going to kind of go to more tournaments and be kind of more the face of Fortnite. Or if he, I don't, I really don't know. Um, he. But I think, yeah, I think he will be involved in some way. And it's also, so basically, so it sounds like in the way, like he loves it, but he's looking for the options. Yeah. Like, yeah. I want to do it, but I don't want to have to do it. Well, but I if, mean. Because if you don't want to have, it's sort of like, it's like what they, uh, you know, they tell you, if you won the lottery tomorrow, what would you do right. for your job? And if you <laughs> say, well, I would be a streamer, they go, okay, well, you should do that then. Right. I mean, he's lucky enough to do a job that. Uh, you know, everybody else wants to do and he plays a video game. Well, not sure. everybody else, but I guess, you know, if you could be paid a million dollars a month to play video games in your basement, I think a lot of people would totally take that. Absolutely. Um, right. <clears throat> so I think he recognizes how lucky he is. But yeah, like ultimately he is kind of trapped by the machine that he's created or he's in. 
Uh, and I think he would like to, you know, go to Jamaica and hang out and drink pina coladas on the beach for a week. <laughs> when we all. Yeah, exactly. And it's just, it's, but it's that, like that mental thing where, you know, sometimes I'm on an airplane and I don't necessarily want to stretch my legs, but when yeah. I can't, right. I freak out. Exactly. And that's all I want to do. Right. So exactly. where he's very well compensated. Like you see people who leave, you know, like Dave Chappelle signed a $20 million contract with Comedy Central. He's like, yeah, that's too much pressure. I'm out of here. And he left. Right. Right. And so it just it's all about how it seems we're careful what you want because you just might get it. Right. For, exactly. Even for a while. Right. I mean, I said to him once, uh, you know, he played with Drake and that was the yeah. really, really famous game. And I think when I talked to him, that was kind of the only thing he was famous for. It was still still pretty recent mm-hmm. the first time. And I was like, well, Drake can play with you. And he can go make music and do a concert and go on MTV and then he goes home and nobody knows what he does, right? right. Like and he can just hang out on his couch and like eat popcorn or whatever. Whereas like Ninja, he's always on and he yeah. doesn't have that luxury. And so I think ultimately like every like the better option is to be like Drake, right? Sure. To do the appearances that you choose and do the things that you want and then hang out the rest of the time. Well, there's, a, there's that mental pressure that you're talking about how there's at no point is Drake sitting on his couch thinking – Sitting here is costing me money. Right, exactly. So while Ninja's life seems to be sort of completely online, like as much as me as much as he wants it to be, from what your time with him, what is the one thing you feel that people don't know about him that he would probably want people to know about him? Ooh, that's a good question. Um hmm, I have to think about that one. I think what what fascinated and and surprised me the most is his very very close relationship with Jess like mm-hmm. I, the two of them are, are very much this team and they've been together for almost a decade now and uh, or they've known each other for almost a decade now um, and I think just watching their relationship and how closely they work together and basically spend all of their time together and yet also are t- desperately trying to carve out time just to be with the other person without being online is fascinating. And like the whole, like how he won't stream with other women in order to protect his marriage is, mm-hmm. I mean, that, that is something that people know about him because it made a big splash uh, yeah. on the internet and on, well, on, in media. Um, but the, like how he thinks about that and how he approaches that is, is endlessly fascinating to me. <laughs> Well, this is an endlessly fascinating character that I'm sure we're going to be reading about for a while. And Elaine, I want to thank you so much for your time. Thank you. Thank you. Remember to subscribe to Double Truck Stories podcast on the ESPN app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Thanks again, and we'll be back soon with more Double Truck Stories podcasts.